Welcome to the Andy Kloss Podcast, where we discuss non-duality, spirituality, spiritual awakening, personal growth, and also some anxiety recovery information. I personally went through an anxiety disorder and eventually went through spiritual awakening, so now I feel called to share this and interview others. And in today's episode, we're talking to Julie Clotier. And on April 1st, 2021, on April Fool's Day, ironically, while listening to the audiobook, The Greatest Secret by Rhonda Byron, she experienced self-realization. And Julie makes this simple process of non-duality and self-realization easy and accessible so that we can be free from suffering and enjoy pure being. So let's dive right into the episode. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to this interview with Julie Clotier. And Julie Clotier has an awesome YouTube channel where she talks about self-realization, spirituality. And yeah, maybe you can introduce yourself a little bit and talk about your spiritual journey so far. Yes, my uh, spiritual journey came as a non unexpected thing, really. Like, I'm still amazed with this. <laughs> that awesome. was quite unexpected. So I was someone that um, was looking everywhere for happiness. I, could, I, I turned every stone. Let me try this. Let me try that. Let me try more of this, more of that. And I always felt something's not right something is not right and I'm something's wrong with me because I'm not happy and everyone seemed to be just okay with with how things are or not really okay but like content or just going along and I always seemed to be the one that was never never satisfied and could never be happy and I was always trying something else to find it and at some point, I became very uh, disillusionized. Like, I felt, oh, my God, it's I'm not going to find it anywhere. And it felt like I was being emptied of hope. And it was a period of feeling hopeless. Like, I really can't. Like, I tried everything. And um, at some point, a thought came, I, I just want harmony. I'm tired of all of this. And harmony seemed to be enough. And and with that thought, through intuition, I found books about, not even about awakening. I found The Greatest Secret just came in my audiobook library. And I was like, uh, I'm done with manifestation. I, I don't. I don't want to try to manifest anything. I did it. Like I did it before and it felt like I was always lacking something. But I thought let's let's have a just a listen to see the greatest secret. It's a, it's quite different. It's it points to our true nature. And as soon as she exposed that you know where is this me if if first if if I am sad and I feel that I am a sad person. And then I'm, I am impatient or I am happy for a bit. And I feel that I am a happy person. Where is the sad person when the happy person is here? There, there, there would be a part of me that's missing. Yep. And I could suddenly, it was evident. I was like, oh my God, how could I not see this before? <laughs> like the clouds in the sky or the storm if there's like negative emotions or thoughts but that can't be who we are because that's always changing yeah. right 
that's always changing. And I was like, something is never changing. It's always been here. <laughs> and that the, this little, little misunderstanding that this presence is personal. As soon as I remove this little uh, hook, that awareness is not personal. It is everywhere. It is always his. It never changes. It's not affected. It's not becoming anything. It, it just is. And then I saw it and it took a while to integrate because then, of course, like many people, there was reactivation of identification with the mind. Oh, you just read a book. It doesn't, it didn't work. You're not realized you haven't seen anything, you know, all of it. Like it's too good to be true. It cannot be. So I dealt with this thought and this emotion for about two years. And I use inquiry to just really get to the bottom of this. Like I, I hate myself. I'm a failure. All of it. Like a, the feeling of separation. So I was like, okay, bring it on. You've got more. And at some point there was like, no more. It felt like I cried. I cried. And and I met fear. And then at some point the crying just stopped on its own. And I could see, uh, uh, yeah, suffering is caused by our identification with the the personal me that feels it has to get somewhere it has to do something it has to work really hard to become a better person it has to make sure it survive you know it's like it it when we are identified with that it's a never ending quest to find love but it appears in what is love it's a huge irony, isn't it? It's like we're looking out there before this and it's like everything is kind of it's disappointing because it doesn't really bring it, whether it's money or relationships. There's always like it comes with a negative side or something. So it's not like the ultimate truth. No. And and and, and if I am a good person, then, then sometimes I am a bad person because they go together. Hmm. One cannot exist without the other. It's the polarity of, of the duality. So... Then when there is no more good person or bad person, there just is spontaneity. And, yep. and and the substratum of it is love. Because you can't har harm anyone. You know that it's your own projection. If you start to project anger or hate, you only receive that because you project. So you it's a reflection. So then there is it's armless. Our being is really benign. Yeah, it's like the people that always say, I'm always so unlucky or bad things always happen to me, right? If they have that belief, then it kind of comes back to them. Or if they're constantly complaining about things, it's like they're attracting it, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's uh, even just attributing that something is bad, then it seemingly is just, yeah, that vibration is, is what is lived. And it's almost expected. So there is no access to effortlessness, intuition, because I maybe I have to be careful so that nothing bad will happen to me. So it's really seeing that first you, you start to see nothing is happening to me. Nothing is happening for me. Okay. And then you go even deeper. Nothing is happening. <laughs> If we don't describe it or label it. And of course, the mind is outraged. 
by this yeah. statement because yes people are suffering people are dying and then you get entangled of trying to explain but it cannot be explained because any explanation is on the mind level so when we're talking before prior to the mind there is awareness you do like some kind of like self-inquiry practice as well or was it like you read the greatest secret and then it was like aha and then you just kind of did like the embodiment work yeah it was a big the 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 aha uh, was too big to be ignored yeah because it, it was funny i just when i when i saw this like there was like a sh an instant like a flash it was really weird like everything was vibrating even the grass it was full of love i i was like whoa and then I started just saying I'm not going anywhere I'm not doing anything like I was just laughing and crying and it was yeah it was big enough that and I was I was in bliss for a, a while like immense I'm not saying this like to make it special so that for sure it's not for people to feel that if they don't have this realization as big as that because it doesn't have to be, because once you see it, the, the intention of sharing it is for people to know that this might be truth and that they start to investigate, that they don't have to have this huge experience to start to investigate what if I don't identify with the thought? What if I don't identify with thinking? That thinking is coming and going. It's really quite easy to start to be the detective of your experience and reveal yeah there is awareness of thoughts there is awareness of emotion am i that emotion or am i that which is aware so that's a good start so what what happened in my case was it was too big so it couldn't be forgotten or ignored and there was a a, a while where there was just a ma immense unconditional love that was felt in the body but then after there was re-identification that was really hard yeah like i oh my god like that was really hard i was really scared i'm gonna get lost in it and i needed to trace my way back because it felt so real that i was suffering and when we are completely identified with the thought even though you you need to trace your way back you know like so i started inquiry and it was mostly with emotional work. I started to allow feeling the emotion. That was my my path was to feel, be as awareness and practice welcoming. That was my practice. Like open my arm. The sadness is here. There is sadness here. I'm not that sadness, but allow the sadness to, to even see what it has to say. I'm alone. No one loves me. Oh, I see you. I started to bring a distance between who I am. So as presence, of course, presence doesn't speak. But what would it say if it had words? It would say, I see you. I hear you. I recognize you. It's okay. You're allowed to be here. There's so much space here in the spaciousness of presence. You can stay as long as you want. And I did that for a while with all the the surfacing, the emotion was surfacing like just ease, quite easily, probably with the break of the resistance. 
Yeah. It seems to be the case for people, like our emotions are really surfacing. And at some point there was more effortlessness, but still I felt like some energy were still like disturbing. So I needed to go a little bit deeper. And so I used tool, like just going with, I don't need to do anything. And then the body's respond yes i need i need to do something i need to defend myself or i need to so i went a little bit deeper with and hanu what was felt like the the knot that was keeping the separate me kind of like place. the pain body or something like yeah i would call traumas. it like mm. yeah like the fear of what will happen to me? Like, because the mind will project all kinds of idea. Well, if I live as an effortless being, then I will not survive and nothing will happen. And all of these fear are these thoughts. Because in reality, it's it's not that. Effortless, yeah. I call it sometimes effortless doing. It's just, yeah. So, so I needed to go into, I don't belong. Uh, people will leave the space I'm in, like all kinds, these deeper thought. And uh, at some point I felt a shift in my energy body where I, I, I did a lot of welcoming. And at some point there was an assertive energy that started to rise and I call it the LT anger. And it said that that's enough, like enough. Like, I, I'm tired of that. Like If I start to believe I don't belong, then I will be alone and I will create that. And I, I saw, no, that's enough. I don't want this anymore. And I don't have to belong. I don't, I don't have to not belong. It, oh. Both sides are kind of neutralized. That's what I call, like, you, you, come, you become centered because there is no more need to be love or not love or find love or, not, or reject love. It just it just is spontaneous and there is I suppose like in that there is self-respect, self-love, all of that becomes embodied. And I say self with a capital S, like why would I subject myself? We are the infinite being. Why would we subject ourselves to you know working too long? Um, you know, exhausting ourselves or so it's it feels very ordinary, like not normal life. Like I work not too long. I do some. I do things that I love. It's very. It's grounded. In fact, it's not what the mind thinks it will be. It's harmonious and balanced, like nature. I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And feels. the mind doesn't get in the way. It's like not narrating everything and adding stories and creating emotions. And <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's it feels like the um, thoughts are less and less active and even now I start to have period of like I'm just doing what I'm doing there's no thought but it took a while I had to go through a phase where there was a lot of thought and I just allowed them to be there they were there I was like okay there's an active mind and it lasted for it start. it's relaxing more and more so I where you Sometimes like kind of like see them mm. you see them appear in slow motion like oh this one again <laughs> yeah i was recently in the shower and this like super negative thought came but it wasn't i didn't identify it just floated through my awareness like so it was like a gunshot it was like there i could have chosen to identify 
but then it was like it went right through <laughs> yeah that was a powerful experience yeah yes yes i'd like to know more about you your own realization yeah. and how this is coming about in embodiment yeah i mean like i feel like i'm still integrating a little bit like i wouldn't say I'm, this is like not true, obviously, but <laughs> I would say no, sometimes no, I still get identified, alert. you know, and sometimes yeah. still some emotions surface and so on. But increasingly, I can just rest as presence and peace and uh, less and less thought activity, emotional activity. So, um, and yeah, I'm just trying to share this out with other people as well, doing sessions with people, doing an emotional work. So I used to focus more on anxiety with people. So um, now I'm trying to like help them just like expand their consciousness and release what doesn't serve them and at the same time just try and deepen my own journey so to say yeah yes it's always i feel it's um it's always both you know like i uh anything i say on on i have a youtube channel and when i speak if it feels like i'm speaking to myself really it's just integration right. mm -hmm. it's uh it's it's ongoing that's uh that's my experience and and what's really nice it's a it's it's getting like simpler and simpler and simpler and simpler it's unwinding yeah it felt like um in my case and may probably common it's common that because there was like a, a big stop like oh like there's a glitch <laughs> it stopped and then it it has kind of an unwinding it has to unwind or spin out Yeah. the mind and in my case there was intense seeking after i don't know did you have that period of intense seeking after realization or, um for or me no? it started like four and a half years before? ago like it was quite different i wasn't looking for like anything you know i did kind of nofab i know you commented on my video oh i didn't know about nofab it makes sense that activated kundalini so that was my experience i was not a spiritual person i was super into manifestation and personal growth i started my own business back then social media marketing agency because I was looking to exit the matrix you know I didn't want to yes. have a nine to five I didn't like working for other people I wanted freedom I thought that was freedom externally right because I didn't know it comes yes. from within then I yes. pursued that path and uh, eventually a friend who was kind of spiritual he had gone through an awakening experience but I didn't know that at the time but I always sensed that he was like super deep he had these present eyes and I knew something different about him was about him And then he said, hey, Andy, you know, I recommend doing this NoFab thing. It will change your life. And I was like, oh, yeah, I tried it before, but it didn't really change my life. And he persisted. And I was like, okay, fair enough. If you like shut up and leave me alone, I'll do it. And then I just committed, you know, because I was still kind of like not fully satisfied where I was at at the moment in time. And so I was like, maybe this one thing will change my life. And then I pursued it. I committed. That's no uh, sexual activity for Yeah, and the cultivation of sexual energy, so not releasing it. So for a man, it can be ah. their life force, you know. Every time they, like, yes. ejaculate, release it, it's meant to create another life form. So it kind of, like, drains the energy system. And so if you retain ah. that as a man, it can activate Kundalini. You know, that's why you have it yes. in all of religion and everything. There's a deeper truth behind it. And so as ah. I did this practice for 90 days, and it completely changed everything in two weeks. In week two, it, like, activated Kundalini. And I found myself going through these crazy changes and I had to go into nature to ground barefoot because it was so intense blasting through my wow. chakras and all these traumas came up. I went through what like a dark night of the soul, mm -hmm. like nearly a mm -hmm. year where everything like was just pure darkness. Um, <laughs> wow. So it was an interesting journey. So I was not looking for this at all, you know, 
no, no, no. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and you you were good like to be committed to the 90 days because even going through that dark stuff, you yeah. you may have, like you could have said oh, enough of that. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, but it still yeah. sometimes comes up some like when is it all gone, you know? <laughs> So then yeah, I question, like, yeah. yeah. Then yeah. I question, like, am I doing something wrong, or, you know, am mm -hmm. I accepting invitations? Is this actually an invitation or something I have to heal in my energy body? That's sometimes something I get confused on. Maybe you can talk about that. Yes, I feel that um, in myself, I can only speak from direct experience. I had to revisit, like, there was some pocket of pain that were still lingering. Yeah. And I had to revisit a few things. There are there were a few images from my uh, human experience that were quite present. Yeah. And those were the last, like the most traumatic experience I ever had. So uh, there is one when I was a, I was about seven years old. My dad was an alcoholic. Bless him. I mean, I, I love him so much. I always send him love in wherever he, he is. But he was an alcoholic and he um, <clears throat> asked me if I would go with him to see the the waterfall. Mm. And he, he would take the car. He, he, did, he had not drink then. My mom was not there. She, and so she used to leave me alone with him. And when he was left alone, he would drink. Mm. So that was quite like I had to be a witness of that so he asked me could you get a friend would would you like to bring a friend with you so i got my neighbor friend seven years old we go in the car and then he decided to stop in a bar along the way and he drank and drank and we're alone in the car and i can remember that as if it was yesterday and i felt shameful and scared so I went in the bar asked him if he could come back and then he came back he started to drive and at some point he fell asleep at the wheel and he parked the car on the side I don't remember how that came about but some policemen came so you know from the, from the aspect of realization that's all the story that's all just a thought appearing now yeah but those are images that I, that I that that appeared in awareness hmm. and and so i remember feeling ashamed and disgusted and angry and hateful and in inquiry i had to revisit that and really feel that disgust like even i could feel my throat and i i could like i could vomit it and i i had to feel i hate you and i and this the impression that i have is that the hate that I had for my dad then, I couldn't express because I, it would it would mean you know you if you start to express to your parent that you hate them, it means you won't survive. Yeah. <laughs> you need to survive. Eh? So I, it feels like I turned this hate against myself, and now it is my understanding that my dad probably went through some kind of the same if he couldn't connect with mom or was not able to meet our need, he, he started to hate himself. And in the end, I felt like it came, it all came to self-hatred is the darkest aspect. It's not, it's not to say that it's wrong, 
it's not to to judge it, but it's this aspect of shame and self-hatred that is repressed or unrecognized. And with the awakening in myself, what happened is that all of that had to surface so that I can finally, in the body, really, I can say, I don't hate myself. And there's complete silence. The body doesn't say, no, uh, I'm not too sure, maybe sometimes. It's clear that it doesn't mean anything anymore, but it had to be kind of emptied with feeling it. So it's totally normal that these things are surfacing because it's as if we're turned inside out. Yeah. And all that was at the bottom is now at the surface. And I remember a period where I dream, I was dreaming that I, I, I was shitting in the in in the toilet and i was trying to put it all back but it was overflowing and everyone was looking at it like That's i had an this interesting dream. analogy <laughs> yeah <laughs> while i was processing that mm. so the root of our sense of separation the root of fear the, the identification and from where i i look at this now, I feel that the human experience is not is not a mistake. And the identification is kind of unavoidable because we have to have a sense of identification to function in the world. But I, I feel it's the mistaken identity that makes it a nightmare instead of a magical unfolding. Yeah. Because once you, you're not identified with the me anymore, synchronicity happens, everything becomes effortless, there is nothing to prove, there's nothing to get, there's just magic. It feels more and more magical. But these these remnants of kind of our... They can catch people off guard, you know, they like had a waiting, then boom, some emotion, like, what's with this? <laughs> Yes. And they just need yes. to feel it and like integrate it and let it go. Yes. Yes. Allow it to exist because our being is, oh, it feels it like everything that was not recognized then need to be recognized now, like in the presence of presence. So you, it's like you bring the, the dual in the non-dual. It felt for me so also it... like I was healing stuff for my ancestors, you know, for my parents, for my family mm. line. I felt like sometimes I was releasing things that these are not my things. They go way deeper. Ah, they go into society, yes. like even for humanity as a whole. You know, it was a crazy yes. experience. <laughs> Have you had that yes. as well? Or? Uh, it didn't feel this way, but I heard some people say yes that the grief was like the grief of the of the suffering of the humanity, like this huge. In myself, it felt more like this broken little inner child. Yeah. And I like to include, the, even if on the absolute level, there's absolutely nothing to heal. Our being, there's no karma. It's all a story. But at the same time, I still include it in the conversation because this when this inner child, it's as if, I feel in myself like it's as if the inner child is still living in the lower realm. Like you need to bring it here in this compassion, 
in this lovingness, in this presence. It's like I, I felt like I was bringing everything back home, the separate part that were frozen in time. That's how I would say, like, it felt like this was frozen in time. And then it expresses and, itself as playfulness and spontane spontaneity. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I've had that yes. experience where I feel like more like a kid sometimes. You know, I'm like, I'm like in the sandpit playing or something. It feels like that vibe, you know? <laughs> that's it. Yes, that's it. Because when the pain is let go or melt in the love of the self, all that is left is the childlike playfulness. So it feels like right now, and the more you integrate, the more it feels like it's toys land. Yeah. It's just for fun. It's, uh, yeah, that playfulness, um, that innocence, because our being is innocence. It's pure innocence. So it brings us back to effortless being. You know how we were as a child before we started to learn how to be? Before someone told us, you should be like this, you should be like that. We were just spontaneous. Like, I want to go home. I'm done. No guilt. Nothing was implemented yet in the form of what you should be like. And effortless being is the is the wisdom body. It's quite... It's, how we feel when we create are you a creative person yeah an artist I would say every so. artist like people that play sports everyone has, has access to that it's the zone it's where we feel in the flow so it mostly become like you're just easily living in that effortlessness because the should and the shouldn't have has been like dissolved awesome maybe you can talk a bit more about the koshas in case people I guess they know it if they've been following your work, but uh, maybe we can still dive into it a little bit. Yes, I would like to share more about that. I think I'm going to start to share with um, picture because I, I created an online course about it and I have an ebook. And I find like for some people that are visual, it's quite helpful to see this model. Yeah. It's it's just a model, but it. Um, it explained really well the different mode of experience of which we have access to. And um, it's kind it it was taught in the Upanishad, so it's ancient knowledge. But nowadays it's taught often thought in reverse order. So we have to be careful when we start to look at that online. Because mm -hmm. it is taught with the belief that we are the body, mind. And we are trying to ascent to being <laughs> our bliss. But it's the other way around. We are already being, having an experience of limitation. So if you start from the proper order, attributeless being is, is what we are. It has no attribute. It's infinite. It's infinite. We can it's never... Like the awareness, right? Like this sense of awareness. Um, awareness is not define it that's why we can't point to it we can't you know say this is yeah. and it's the same everyone has the same awareness very very quite very simple always is here when we ask the question is there awareness in the silence something is checking in like uh, yes there is awareness and every time we check it's always there it's never changed as it changed. It's really powerful to do this after if you have like, let's say you, you check in, is there awareness? Yes. 
silent, spacious. And then maybe there are some drama and you get angry and all of it. Awareness is still there, but it, it feels like it's not because we are totally identified with the emotion. When, when, when we are totally identified, because at some point you're not totally identified. And then after you can ask again, is there awareness? And has it changed? And the more you do this, the more you realize it's not changing. It's not affected. It's not. No matter it's how the greatest secret. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. it's hidden in plain sight. So, from the perspective of the kosha, our being is without attribute. It just is, and the first filter through which consciousness project is the bliss filter, and um, that can be observed with little babies. The awareness is not identified. There's no language yet. And the, and we can see they are in pure bliss. Little babies. Yeah, baby's that are eyes, like, they're like huge and like yes. in the present moment. No stories. Yes. Yeah. In, in I would say when they are blessed to be in a safe uh, environment. Yeah. Uh, after, and then on the normal, let's say a normal environment then the second filter is the wisdom body it's it's not separate yet it's the feeling that everything is arising equally thoughts emotion people event there is not yet an identification that things are happening to me it's effortless effortless being just being and it that can be observed in children before Two. There's just like laughing, crying, no story about it, no self-reflection about what is happening. It's just happening. And uh, the third filter is the mental filter, and that is installed at the age of two. You are this person. This is your name. This is what you like. We are going over there. We are doing this. So any, any like, it's kind of a, we, we subscribe to this belief unconsciously that we are really going somewhere and we're really doing something. But when we refer to our direct experience, uh, we are always here. Even if I say I'm going to go over there, when I get over there, I'm here. I'm always here. So, so this, this concept, time, space, me, others, they're, they're arising with the third filter. So it's consciousness, undefined, unidentified, identifying with, this is me. And, and that, if you look at it from the sense of the five kosha as a filter, it's a more dense filter, a more contracted filter. So the effortless being would be the zoom out filter, like zooming out. I love it. There's makes total just... sense, you know. <laughs> yes, it's quite. My mind is such a like the mind here is needed to know. <laughs> like the seeking was was intense, so I needed to find ways of understanding. So yeah. Yes, a certain amount of understanding can be supportive to relax the mind. 
because the mind loves to rest. So, so the third filter is the mind. It's a filter. It's a lens through which we're looking through. But when we are identified with the filter, we don't realize that it's not us, that it's not consciousness. It's we are that that which is aware and conscious. And the, and then the the fourth filter is the emotional body. And it has a domino effect. If I adopt thought, I will feel the emotion, the vibration of that thought. So the thought I don't belong will create sadness or fear if I adopt the thought. But if I just look through the lens and I don't adopt the thought and I reside in effortlessness, effortless being, the emotion will be calm. And the fifth filter is the physical body, is our instrument with which we perceive physical physicality. And that also has a domino effect. If the if there are a lot of thought about anxiety and fear, there are a lot of emotion reflecting that, and the body will feel more contracted. And it creates this illusion that the identity is solid and this is me, like the body. Look, the body, the emotion, and the thought, the three together, they create this sense of contraction. It's the body and mind when, in when, a way. Yes, and when there is self-realization, there is access to more than just these three. There is, uh, there is already access to more, but there is more conscious access, we would say, because everyone has access to all of this. But when we realize I'm not my thought, I'm not my emotion, and then, oh, I'm not the body. Then there is more access, more and more access to, to the effortless uh, being and the wisdom body. The wisdom is, is non-dual. It's, it's where intuition resides. I love it. It's hmm. great, a great explanation. Very concise, on point, very clear. Yeah, yeah there was a lot of thought <laughs> about this. <laughs> Yeah, but I really resonated. It, it was how, um, yeah. great how you yeah, explained it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite like logical when you start to see it this way. In myself, yeah. the um, identification with the body was still present, um, even after the identification with mine was seen. Yeah. I, I had. It took a while to realize. Oh, the body is a thought too. Is <laughs> a concept too. Yeah. So, in a way it's like and, a holographic and, um, universe probably like it's like there's a book holographic universe uh, i read it partially yes. it made sense to me you know it's like a hologram yeah. almost uh, probably it seems so it's not even real in that sense it's like a illusion right kind of like a movie yes. or something Vibration. And we take it to be real and it's just even in physics in school we learn like a table in front of you it's just vibrating it only has one yes. percent matter or energy and so the rest is just pure energy and it's just vibrating and everything so <laughs> yes yes yeah. you know i came up, uh, at some point i reflected that probably is this is the um, speed of vibration because bliss is really really light yeah and the more you go to the dense city of emotion the denser it feels like apathy there's no energy there and then and then solid object you know maybe the vibration is slower or faster i don't know which way but something with the vibration we need a physicist on here <laughs> yes yeah. yes we would need that but they start to yeah. look into it from the scientific perspective i feel i think but it feels like 
um, I love the analogy of the dream. Yeah. Because when I realized there was self-realization, I realized that when I was falling asleep in thinking, I was dreaming. Like, oh, I'm dreaming this now. I'm really believing this is true. So it feels more like a, you know, when you are, I don't know if you had the experience of a lucid dream. I know some people do. I never had it, but they, they mentioned that when they awoke in the dream, what they were trying to do in the dream didn't seem so important anymore. Like the drama loses its yeah intensity. I even had that with like trying to do things like before I was like in this personal growth mode, like I had this routine, like I have to read books every day. These are my good habits. And then I have to meditate, do a morning routine and do affirmations and I have to do all these <laughs> things and I have to chase money. And then there came a phase of like, I don't care about anything anymore. <laughs> I really can't yes. be bothered to do anything, you know? So now it's just like coming back to do more things again, you know? Yeah. Yes, yes, there is a phase eh, where we need to retreat and reflect and be alone. And that's normal as well. I yeah. find the fruit, the fruit is when when these dark, dense energy are um, fully welcome. At some point, there is no need to resist them anymore. And that's when they truly rest. Yeah. Then the fruit is effortless doing. It's like, it feels like, oh, it's exciting. I wonder what's going to happen today. And you know that there is no future at the same time. You know, the future <laughs> never come, but there is excitement for what, what will it be? What it's, and it's, it's, um, that's where the seeking also um, stop because when you do what you love in trust, that this is enough and you don't have to prepare you don't have to effort you don't have to meditate you can meditate if you enjoy meditating for enjoyment but it's not like i have to do this to get somewhere that going somewhere is is collapse there is just yeah making a coffee having a conversation having a session with someone it's totally just effortless and spontaneous it's worth mm -hmm. the effort the emotional work is really worth the effort yeah and it, it will guide you there the intuition will guide you there if that's what you need to do because for some people that may not be necessary i'm i'm not saying that this is absolutely necessary it depends um intuition will guide us and are there certain like emotional tools? I know you've studied like Sedona method and I think killer bee inquiries, or I think you've mentioned yes. a bunch of tools in your videos, right? Yes, yes, I did. I studied at first, I studied the Sedona method. I studied David Hawkins. Uh, yeah, he was huge for me as well. David Hawkins letting go. Yeah. <laughs> yes, letting go is so powerful. Yes. Yeah. And when, when, when we're ready, we're thirsty. Um, it's enough like in earnestness and willingness is divine will it's enough yeah. because i remember when i realized this i fell into bliss and then i was with friend and one of my friend was really expressing that she felt guilty and sad about something and i was just present bringing her back to presence and the next day that's about um, two or three years ago I, or I ordered the Letting Go book. Mm. 
And I told her, you could read this. This would be helpful for you. And she said, yeah, yeah, maybe. And then the next day she said, no, I'm, I'm okay. I don't need it. <laughs> so it's sometimes these little breadcrumbs, they appear, but they are going to be of interest when it's the right time. Yeah. And exactly at the right place, at the right moment. And the mind doesn't know. So, so if I stick to the identification with the mind, I might say, well, she should and you know, yeah. all that narrative, it's just let go. It's just not. And now I even don't really have any um, reflex to offer anything if if it's not asked for. That makes sense. In the beginning, it can be like a tendency where you like want to awaken others, right? I had that yes. in the beginning. Like in my family, everyone needs to realize <laughs> this thing, like that yes. we're not our thoughts yes. and emotions, that we're spiritual beings and so on. <laughs> Uh, but that goes it's away not, eventually. Yeah. It's like messiah complex or something. <laughs> yes, yes. It yeah. feels like um, it's so good that we want to gift it. And it's uh, it's leaking by the throat. Yeah. It has to go down in the heart. Yeah, yeah I had that too. Like this, I could sense that, some, that it was not the right thing. Like at some point you realize, okay, it's not doing any good here. It's This is not it. Yeah. Yeah. So you had that wisdom too? Yeah, yeah. I still sometimes do it a little, a little bit, but like I'm letting it go. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I still want like this person. No, it can really help you. Like <laughs> yeah, I do it too sometimes. Like yeah. it's sneaking in, like, oh I'm gonna sneak it like just a little bit. And, it's a fun uh, game in a way, you know, it's like fun to do. Yeah, yeah sometimes it's okay too. Some I, I had this uh experience with my partner where i kind of almost forced him to read the, the power of now yeah maybe we can talk yeah. about relationships because uh, i'm also in a relationship but sometimes it's a bit challenging right like when they're like mm -hmm. not on the same path and um how have you been experiencing that or like was it no issue for yes you? it's been my mirror like i i there there is a few um a few things with the relationship that happened when i realized there is no identification. I, I, I think many people may have this experience of falling into nothing. Like I can't grasp, I can't grab anything, and it's quite scary. Mm. In myself, it it felt scary that sensation of falling into nothingness. And I remember looking at my partner in the bed. He was just beside me. I felt like I was very, very far, and I was <laughs> like, "Oh, thank God, he's really." linear and oh, what I, did you say sorry i didn't get it's really linear it's linear, really very okay. linear and i felt this would be like an anchor it so nothing there is no mistake no. there is absolutely no mistake if someone is in our life it's for this moment is the perfect uh, it's perfect so i had that and i also and um, in I felt intuitively that I I would grow by really being honest about myself while I was triggered in my relationship. So I started to really see that I I could integrate by being in my life because I was um 
I didn't want to avoid my life. I wanted to live my life from an awake perspective. So I started to really look what is triggering? Why? Like there was in myself a reflex of trying to help. So that was a learned way of being, a habitual way. So, well, there is a story, backstory with this, but every time my partner would want to share something about his discomfort, maybe he's asked some suffering, I was trying to help all the time. And that that was not helpful. It can be like an empath tendency, you know, it's almost <clears throat> like a people-pleasing thing and wanting others to feel yes. good. Yes. Yes, and the utility was when I started to look into the unconscious, what what do I get out of helping? I I I could see with my dad, I need to help him so that he can be happy, so that I can be happy. Right. Because as a child, how can I be I cannot be happy? Dad is not happy. I need to I need to help him. He has to be happy. So I was constantly projecting that to my partner. When will you be happy? When will you finally be happy? And then when I unravel that I need them to be happy so that I can be happy and I need to help, this started to relax this contraction. Of That's thinking. the power of inner work, having these self-awareness insights and then letting them go, yes. seeing it in the light of awareness. Yeah. Yes, in the light of awareness, like revealing and and yeah, and that that started to relax the complex. Yeah, <laughs> and and then my partner, as a result, is more is happier because so. when he, he could start to really express, and I would not intervene, but at some point I needed discernment that I don't um, make myself uh, disappear. Because even though there is no identification with the person, the person is not denied. Yeah. If I have a human need and I need to, I I am I don't want to listen to this. I have a right to say I'm sorry. I it doesn't like it doesn't. I need to take a walk or have some work or I'm not available or talk to someone else. I don't think I'm the right person for that. That's okay too, like to to stand in truth, because there could be a tendency to do the inverse. Uh, everything is okay. There is only awareness, and nothing is happening, and I'm just enduring this, yeah. not saying anything, not doing anything. Like embodiment, it brings you back in the person. Like I am still, there is still an experience here. Julie is my, you know, I am the steward. Mm -hmm. of her like from from presence what is true is it to listen is it to not listen and sometimes truth will be blunt it's not going to be just always like much love and light love and yeah. light yeah it's that too as we like seen through because the mind it, it tries to reown all of this and it may look like, oh, I'm I'm a loving person and I'm a healing person and I'm a healer. I'm not a person, but now I'm a huge healer. That's All a spiritual that. ego phase in a way. Yes, yes. Yeah. yes. I have to wear robes and have a beard or whatever <laughs> it is, you know, like have to have yeah. incense in my room or I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it feels like you become more subtly aware that I'm I am aware more even a subtle energy sometimes. Like if the need I need to defend something. Oh, it's here. 
okay yeah. i see you and and i don't judge it you know you lose the judgment about it as well okay it's here yeah i think you recently like shifted in your teaching on youtube or sharing about like creative consciousness right so before it was more about like self realization and so on and now it's more like creation right so uh, what does that look like or mean to you right now yes um i went to so i don't know if it's been like this for you but i always was seeing the dream before it happened mm -hmm. like or i could because i always love the vibration of love and joy so for example i I was I wanted a dog and I was looking seeing visualizing myself doing mountain bike with her and then that came into realization that came into the physical world from that vibration of love and joy mm -hmm. and last year at this exact date I visualized holding small group as a coach because I was just changing transferring my career from a web designer to a coach I was wondering why your website looks amazing. Now it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how could I get a good website like Julie? You know, like mine looks not as good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was a web designer before. Wow, I don't do sense. web design anymore. Although if it came about, I might, but mm. it's not my, yeah, it's not my intention anymore. Yeah. So That's I cool. was, uh, so I, I was visualizing mm. what is in my reality now. But it was done not from a sense of lack. It was not done from a sense of I need this. It was done from a sense of heart. How lovely would it be for everyone involved? It was not done for my own gain, this manifestation. Because I feel that the desire in our life is the desire of self. And we are infinite being. So it doesn't mean that with realization, you start to just look at nothing mm. and sit in nothing. It's just, it's now, it's more like, let's play. And I had a phase where the landing was, I'm okay now. Everything is okay. I'm okay now. And I realized that was a landing place because there was something in me that was unconscious that was saying like, it's good enough. Like, let's just keep it, you know, small like this. It's good enough. It's so good compared to what it ever was before. But that's also another landing place. Anytime we land in something, even if it's I'm I'm okay and I'm in joy, it's, all, it's still a landing place. Sometimes there is a, I feel like there is unlimited abundance, unlimited possibility. And it's not done from the sense of me aggrandizing myself or having more for myself. It's done from a sense of infinite potentiality for everyone involved. And if my, my message is shifting also to give a permission slip to other people. That's huge. Like people like waking up more. They're like wanting yes. to share, but they don't do it. They have like so many invitations and I've dealt with that a lot myself. I'm like, who am I to make this video and like share this stuff, you know? And I did a bunch of inner work as well. And 
Um, I've been doing like hypnotherapy and past life regression training. I don't know. I just felt called to do it. Wow. And I did some like past life stuff on myself. And I saw how even in prior lifetimes, I was murdered for like speaking the truth and so on. Uh, so oh. a lot of like empaths and like sensitive people or even people waking up now, they've maybe been punished in prior lifetimes for sharing the truth, you know, the witch that is burnt and so on. Uh, I think it's yeah. very real on the like story level, right? Yes, yes, yes. And it can be real because you can receive anger from sharing that nothing is happening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. when when you start really clearly like speaking truth without any compromise, it, it's it is stirring up anger in, in people that are it's too it, it's too um scary for the belief system. Yeah. I know like what started my journey was like an anxiety disorder that came out of nowhere. So I had like panic attacks, anxiety, OCD. And before that, I was like confident. And then at some point I couldn't socialize anymore. Like I lost all my social abilities. I completely um... went into my head and had all this anxiety 24-7 and also mm. suicidal thoughts. And I, I studied like books back then to heal myself, you know, like letting go and Eckhart Tolle and books about enlightenment. But they actually scared me at the time. There was like, there was no self and <laughs> I thought yeah. I was going insane at the time, you yeah. know, and that I'm getting schizophrenia and so on. And so that message wasn't actually the right message for me at the time. So I feel mm. like it depends mm -hmm. on like where people are at on their journey, you know, so not yes. everyone is fully ready to receive the ultimate truth. Maybe they need an intermediate step, you know, maybe. Yes, still... of course. Yes, yeah. yes, and... yes. Because sometimes this, this message will be taken upon by the mind and then it's awful it's like yeah the concept of nothing it's not the concept it's so yeah every time everything is in, in its own right time yeah. penetrate or as the veil dissolve more and more it it becomes this it's not the idea that there is nothing it's not it's not nihilistic it's not yeah. against life it's not but yes it takes integration and time so it's very normal so i love the five kosha because it makes it really clear simple and accessible and it's also enabling people to start to experience directly how it feels effortless mm. being to recognize it in themselves and it's gently dissolving the veil yeah i love it it's like those models can be helpful a lot you know in seeing and yes. even perceiving things new or like reading books or getting a new idea that's why i'm also sharing like yeah read books you know like study this see yes see what yes. resonates with you and you know even one sentence or a book or like a podcast can shift your entire worldview yeah and ask question because all these questions they're not wrong it's the mind yeah but it's it's the mind that that has to ask the question so that it can truth can be realized more and more. One of the mistakes sometimes, and I almost fell into that trap at the beginning, was thoughts are wrong and I'm not going to look at them. Don't look at them. That's, but that's another thought. And or don't think, and it's it's impossible not to think. So sometimes, yes, be curious about the thought. Be curious about the thought, about the emotion. Come from this place of curiosity. What does it mean? What does it say about me? If there's a trigger, what does it what does it mean about me, this trigger? Maybe the word will come, I'm not respected. They don't respect me. I and then you can turn it around. I I always respect myself. Mm -hmm. Maybe the body will say no. 
I, I'm not, I don't. I, so starting to, yeah, these, these can be really, really helpful, these tools, because I don't, I don't know if some people, they have the realization and the thought never grasp attention anymore. Mm. I don't know. It was not my case. My, yeah. I, maybe for some, everything dissolved and it's not, but me, like the, the me just came back like me, <laughs> like I, the identification with the mind just came back. For me as well, but there was always like the sense of like awareness or spirituality. And it's only recently I, I identified it as like infinite awareness before it was more like I was on this other path of like Kundalini awakening where I was like, it was a bit different. It was more like, more like the soul perspective. So it was all about like soul and, you know, mm -hmm. our souls are here at this time to help people shift in consciousness and there's a new earth coming and so on. And it was very different. And now it's more like, mm -hmm. oh, it's not just the soul. That's also still like part of the dream. It's actually yes. the awareness that precedes even that thing. Yes, even that. Yes, it precedes even that. Yeah. And then my message probably is coming back into the... Um, it, I'm going to express how it feels. It feels like you dissolve everything, dissolve every concept. You go back, you go back, you go back. Absolutely nothing. Absolute, the absolute. And once that's kind of clear... Okay, so I don't need to sit in there all the time. So what would I want to play with? Yeah. I love the soul. I love the heart. I love this infinite potentiality. I instead of instead of living effortlessly with effort with the mind filter, living effortlessly from the wisdom filter, which is still an experience, is still in the dream, but it's less contracted in the dream. I love it. Do you feel like where there is like a shift happening on this planet, like a shift in consciousness and, you know, Eketol talks about a new earth. I just guess I mentioned it as well. So do you kind of like see it that way too? Or I don't know. Hmm. I, um, I see it now kind of everywhere because my vibration, everyone that is coming into my vibration is of high vibration. So mm. it seems to be everywhere. If I look at the world in general, I feel like the world is is purging. Yeah. Self-hate, shame. And there's, I don't know if it's in this lifetime, I don't know. I'd like to, like I imagine a world when I imagine, when I do conscious imagining, mm. conscious creation, I imagine us like just, telepathically communicating and everyone just for the benefit of everyone, all this uh, yeah. like trees and, and green and oxygen and less, no processed food. Like, and I feel the same for... thing. Like right now, as you're saying this, I feel like this resonance in my body. I feel the same thing. Like that's, that's why I guess I talk about new earth, you know, because I think, that is a future po uh, potentiality it's a yeah. and we can kind of co-create that in a way. I don't know if it's this lifetime. Yes, you know, like... If we, yeah, yeah. If we allow it to be visualized and, and possible, it is possible, yeah. but I don't know if it is in this lifetime. And then now, now I'm putting a limitation on it and I, I realize that I'm doing it, but if I go to intuitively, I'm not sure because I feel if there is reincarnation and we were here 
before, we're always trying to do the same thing and it gets a little bit better every time. Yeah. So maybe yeah. we've met <laughs> in, in the prior lifetime and we just continue here. Yeah, there are these memes like on the internet, these like spiritual funny memes. They're like, for personal uh, reasons, I won't be reincarnating onto Earth again. <laughs> <laughs> for personal it's, like, reasons. So dark and everything, you know, like, so it's like, feels like it doesn't have any love, like the society and everything, the people. Like, um, so yeah. a lot of people like, yeah. oh, I don't need to come to Earth again. I'll just chill in the heavenly realm or just in, in the awareness. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and at the same time, we can even look at it at the perspective that we are in the realm already. Yeah, that's true. Like this, yeah. When it's both, yeah, we can speak from both perspectives, and that's that's the richness richness of it. That none, no perspective is false. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So I think maybe, I like. Maybe we. Yeah. Maybe we try again next time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how oh, I like how yeah I'm not sure how I came across you actually I think like I know it was tied to David Bingham so maybe I like saw your comment and then you were recommended to me on YouTube and I started watching your videos and I'd love to know also about like because we have this common connection of David Bingham like yes it's um I think we've met that. through probably uh David and Colette yeah Colette Whiteman you you had an interview with Colette yeah yeah, David was is so clear, and uh, the interview he had with you that you had with him on your channel, I felt was really really clear. Yeah, it seemed to I, help I, a lot I, of people. That interview got some good feedback, so really happy about that. Yes, yes, it was really clear. It's I I still feel I could re-listen to it and I would gather more insight. It's so so clear, yeah. and I needed that kind of pure clarity when um when there was self-realization because he's he, there's one thing he said that collapsed the whole illusion as well is we subscribe to belief and we can unsubscribe and i always felt that was true it's just that i never saw to the depth of the belief that with the belief to being someone going somewhere as a separate entity is a belief I assume like the belief that I, I I can't, you know, let's say I have the belief that it's hard, work has to be hard. Yeah. Then I subscribe to this belief and work is hard. And if I have the belief that there is scarcity, I will live in scarcity. Or if I have the belief that I have to help everyone, I will try to help everyone. I thought, you know, you let go of this belief and that belief and that other belief. But when I saw, oh, this, this whole thing, you can let go of the belief even that you have that you're doing something, that you're controlling your life, that there's something to control. And with, with his word, you can uns unsubscribe. It made sense. Like I was, yeah, yeah. As you described that, an image or like like a visual came to me of an annoying spam email in the email folder. And then you have the unsubscribe button and then you can choose to unsubscribe and then it doesn't come again. <laughs> yes, that's it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, unsubscribe this, unsubscribe that one. Yeah. And I'm still looking at those that I, I'm still subtly or unconscious, unconsciously subscribed to. I yeah. was, um, yeah, I was, lately there was this landing place. I'm I'm fine now. Yeah, <laughs> is that a destination? 
are you like fixed on this it's it's a relief yes i'm fine it's true but it doesn't have to come with the um, the lid of yeah stay small it's enough it's enough now don't you know don't don't do more than that like it's uh you mean like invitations subscribe. in your purpose and like going out there yeah. and putting out videos and yeah. contributing yeah. Oh. Mm. yeah even speaking about the emotional work because from one perspective it's not true yeah. there is no emotional work there's nothing to heal we don't have to heal we're not we're not broken no one is broken so if but if i stick to that and i don't share about emotional integration and healing because in my direct experience that was what was needed and required and i did it yep I, I can't, you know, like just say, oh, I'm lying. So I'm not going to speak about this. It's from one perspective. This is true. From another one, it's not true. Yeah. So I, I started to feel open and okay to just share and continue to share. And also value that my work I've studied. And this is efficient, this work, so that I don't have to donate, uh, ask, you know, for you know, like live in scarcity because I have this complex that I'm here to heal the world. Yeah. I'm not that, here to heal the world. <laughs> There is no world to heal. I'm just be, living, playing. Mm, yeah. That can yeah. be like a challenge for like people to charge for spiritual services, you know, like, oh, I, spiritual yeah. should be free or something. There's all this judgment around there. And yeah. that's also like yeah. an illusion, you know, you can see. That's proof. a projection. Yeah. Yeah. You need to survive, right? Like buy things. Like maybe, maybe in the past, like the shaman in the village or something, he would get food from everyone, and so he didn't have to ask for money. Um, he was kind of yeah. like cared for by the society. But nowadays, we kind of live more isolated, so uh, it's totally justified to charge money for services and so on. Mm. Yes, and uh, you know, I worked, I paid, I really paid for spiritual guidance. Yeah. For integrity, though, people with integrity. So I value what I'm doing, but I also have integrity and humility. I feel that's really important because when you start to access like more and more bliss to ground it, I'm always coming back to thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Humility, because I, I know what suffering is. I, I I was there. I was living the hellish realm of suffering so when i start to like the mind wants to run with this eh? mm. so it's always a balance i find it's a balance of giving and receiving and giving and receiving if yeah. i i only give it's not balanced and if i only receive it's not balanced either so i stay like i feel that's the grounding to stay clear and stay grounded and that's where I'm at right now. I'm not saying it's the truth, but that's how it feels. It feels like, yes, I can receive. I don't have to overexert myself. I also, um, when someone has no uh, capacity, financial capacity, I do offer rebate. And I did offer free session, but I kind of stopped because those to whom I offered free, they were not committed. Mm. Even in the, I have an online course where I gave access to some people for free, but they never committed. So Makes I stop now. I, if someone has not a lot, I ask for the minimum they can give. 
if they are really willing and earnest. But it doesn't have to be. It's just what it is now and it yeah. what it is what it feels true now, but it wouldn't have to be either. I guess it's like depends really on like Eckert told to also talked about this. Like for a while he did it for free, then he charged and both felt good at one point in time and uh, whatever resonated. Yeah, it yeah. depends what resonate and what needs to be let go. Sometimes it sometimes it's totally fine to work with donation if you don't like like managing anything and you just effortlessly just okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying this is wrong. Yeah, there's no right and wrong. It's really yeah. what feels. The mind can, you know, bring label and value to things, but we know it's uh, doesn't mean anything. It's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Mm. Was there anything else you felt like was important to share today? Well, um, what would be of value for anyone? Yeah, I guess if there is a realization or a seeking realization, mm. emotional work would be the right thing to do because even the seeking energy is what we work with when we do the emotional work. And how but can someone do this emotional work? Ah, yes, it's in, yes, it's good that you're asking this question. I now work with, there are many avenues, those that I know, I know, but there are many books. So you can start audiobook for, it's not expensive to have a a monthly membership for audiobook. The yeah. Sedona Method and Letting Go are really good place to start. Um, there is a, an organization with whom I'm working right now. They are called Mindful Integration. Mm -hmm. They offer a free mini course and I can provide you a link I'll put this all down below, like Julie's links, YouTube, her website, everything mentioned, um, so everyone can check it out as well. Yeah. <laughs> so mini the the mini course is for free, so it mm -hmm. gives you an access to tools to start to do work the work on your own, and then they have free webinar every month, twice a month for anyone yep. that wants to join and just check it out. So it's it's free. Awesome. Wonderful. And then from there, if someone feels like it's helpful, then they can follow this, this knowing them more, what they offer. Mm -hmm. Kilobe Inquiry is quite powerful as well. I, uh, I have a certification with Kilobe Inquiry as well. And they do have a community where I don't think it's too expensive. I think it's around $300 US a year mm -hmm. to access groups. But you have to check out like if the environment resonates for you because these two environments are quite different. So it will be more like it's the same work, but it will be more like a feeling if you feel, I don't know, it's quite, yeah, you have to do. I, I'm not sure if Kilby is offering anything for free. I guess one could go to his website. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and what about you? You're doing already working with people? Yeah, I've been doing it for a while, actually, uh, initially, mainly with people that have anxiety, you know, because I used to have anxiety. So yes. that's how I started my whole like uh, business and like helping others was under the umbrella of anxiety because I know what it's like to have extreme suffering, pure darkness. So and I managed to get myself out there. As I mentioned, I had suicidal thoughts, you know, 
And yes. I got myself out of that. The doctor said to me, hey, you're going to have this for the rest of your life. You can maybe wow. manage it, but you can't overcome it. And here's some mm. pills, you know. And mm. that was like one of the worst experiences of my life, you know. So uh, yeah. I then felt this calling. Yeah. And I still do that to this day and occasionally make videos about anxiety because I think it's such a big topic for people. There's like millions, hundreds of millions of people suffering from anxiety. And I also wrote a book about anxiety. It's called Anxiety Recovery. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's on oh, Amazon. Nice. Um, and yeah, it's been very helpful for people as well. That book, you know, it was written in one week. I felt the inspiration to write it. I wrote it wow. in one week and I thought it was shit, you know. I was like, how is this just me Everything. like blabbering? It's just like I'm just talking some random shit. Like I just read the book. I was like, I don't know if this is valuable for people. I cast it aside and then I kind of briefly mentioned it to a client and he was like, oh, I want to read it, you know. So I sent him the PDF and he read it and he wow. was like, it's really good. You should publish it. And I was like, okay, that must wow. be a sign. Now it's time to publish yes, it on it Amazon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What a like a demonstration of infinite potentiality and effortless living. Like a, a, a book that is written in a week and then is available on Amazon and supporting people. That's it. That's the infinite self revealing yeah. itself to itself through each of us. That's like a clear, clear demonstration of that. So people could work with you. Yeah. Yeah. So I do sessions mainly about like emotional work as well, like uh, EFT tapping. Uh, now I do mm. hypnotherapy as well and past life regression. I'm just learning now in case that's relevant wow. to people. And they feel like there's stuff from previous life. So I'm learning that. Um, yeah. yeah. EFT, I heard, is quite efficient as a modality. That's a different modality, but I heard it's efficient. Yeah, you just kind of you focus on the trauma or issue or belief you want to release or even physical pain, and you tap these points while you're focusing mm -hmm. your awareness on the issue. And the oh. tapping of these meridian points, it actually releases it from the energy body. So uh, it's oh, quite wow. powerful. These are like acupuncture points. So it's based yes. on acupuncture and the energy meridian system and trauma being like, a thing we physically store in the energy body, you know, and then mm -hmm. there's this experience that's like, Zzz, and we push it down and then it's like blocked and this EFT tapping kind of unblocks it. And then the energy oh, can nice. go again. Mm. Nice. Yeah, th that's one thing I I am witnessing is when there is a lot of trauma yep. uh, stored in the body, the body contraction, realization is is going to be harder to trust and that those modality are there to support it's as if the open is is too wide is too big all at once and the yeah. body has to relax i remember the relief of unbinding from the mind i i was crying like of relief like oh my god oh my god oh my god i'm home i'm home like the relief was really coming through in a sense of as the body was expanding there was a lot of crying but for some people there would be more trembling and in, in, you know like yeah fear but there's nothing to fear really but even though we say it, if the body doesn't agree, then the somatic approach like EFT or somatic-based uh, inquiry modality would be a good place to go. 
I think there's also the work by Byron Katie, so people can check that out as yes. well. Like Colette mentioned that to me, you know. So yes, yes. Uh, I was like, oh, that sounds cool. I had the book anyway, like so I started reading it. It's quite cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I never got into it. I got into EFT and other things and breath work and these kind of modalities. Mm -hmm. But I ordered this book a long time ago when I still had anxiety and. Um, but mm -hmm. I didn't really explore that method for me at the time it was too heady and I mm -hmm. didn't get I didn't get it you know so I had to do something yeah. more physical something more ah uh, yes yes mm, yeah yes I was running a lot before realization I I feel that was part of the process already because the the thing is happening without us <laughs> knowing it or without us doing anything so it had already it was already unfolding yeah yeah it constantly is yeah david says it's like he talks also about like i can't think of the word right now um yeah the yugas the kali yuga and these different mm -hmm. ages and how like now there's it seems like a time where there's more potential for people to see through the veil you know realize their true self yes i think that's interesting. yes mm. yes it is interesting because in fact it wouldn't it wouldn't take half of the population for the other half to shift yeah because imagine like if 20 percent of the population said you still believe a thought <laughs> yeah that would be quick it would be that quite would be powerful quick. yeah <laughs> yeah it would be like like uh, it would be very powerful oh in school like it kind would of be like spreading yeah in school i had like a subject religion you know but it wasn't very good <laughs> imagine if there was like a awareness class or whatever you know, like spirituality yeah. class, and it was like your infinite yeah. awareness. This awareness Imagine is impersonal. That. You know, just yeah. feel it. Am I aware? Uh, and then EFT yeah, or whatever. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Meditation also to support people that have anxiety. Yeah, I yeah, meditated a lot on my journey. Actually, I did lots of meditation. Oh, yes. Not every day, but I would every other day. Sometimes mm -hmm. every day, not perfectly. Um, I would just sit down for ten to fifteen minutes. I would just focus mm. on my breath going in and out. And if some emotion came up or some trauma, I would just observe it until it passes. And if there were thoughts coming through, I just returned to my breath. And I share that as a beginner meditation practice to someone that's completely, you know, not spiritual or who has anxiety oh, or who's wow. looking to, you know, somehow like tap in a little bit, but they're not maybe ready yes. for non-duality or something like that. Mm. Yes. Well, it's very powerful. Even like, the practice in The Greatest Secret that was called a welcoming, I was really innocent. I didn't know anything about non-duality. And that was my blessing, in fact, because there was no concept. I had no idea what this is. I was just like, let me just do this. Yep. Welcoming. She said welcoming. And I started to practice that. Welcoming any emotion that is arising. And yeah, I also read that book. That. And that's how I also yeah. found David Bing. So interesting parallel there. <laughs> Then I yes, booked a session with him. Yeah. Colette and I. Oh, you, you had a and, yeah. session with him? Yeah, I had him, yeah. And I did the interview and after, yeah. Mm, mm. yeah. He first wanted to post it on his channel, but then I was like, I guess I, I kind of convinced him to post it on my channel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> yeah. I had the intention of like interviewing people as well on my channel. Like it's something I want to do, oh. you know, like also. He has talked myself as oh, well, but. Great. I enjoy like talking to others as well and asking them and uh, yes. interviews. Well, thank you. It was lovely.
You're welcome, Julie. Lovely meeting yeah. you. Yeah, and people can find you on your website and all the links are below and uh, definitely recommend checking Julie out. And she also does one-on-one -on -one sessions that I think you can book on her website. Thanks.